everyone, welcome back to the Fight Artist Podcast, where I teach you how to fit your money into your life goals and not the other way around. And this time, I'm gonna talk about portfolios. What is rebalancing? Uh, again, we're talking about investments. What should your portfolio be? I love this book uh, called The Simple Path to Wealth. I've already mentioned JL Collins when I was um, riffing about the housing market and about uh, real estate, which you you know that I, I, I don't particularly find appealing in terms of investments. But read that book. Like if you're gonna get into investing, if you are already out of debt and you have your emergency fund, go ahead and read that book. I think the best book to get out of debt is and build an emergency fund is The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I think Dave does an excellent job. I think people should be gazelle intense when paying off debt. I believe that you should live a life life you love using money. And I but I also believe that you should be miserable for 2 years paying off debt. And it's so much worth it. It's going to teach you a lot about money management, scarcity, all things. Are just like going through the process is going to teach you a lot about how to get to the next point where you can start building wealth. But as of today, I want to talk about investments, okay? And just like teaching you a little bit so you sh- you understand what you're investing into. By no means should you ever invest into something you don't understand. Bad idea, okay? So what is your portfolio? Portfolio is basically, again, like picture a resume. When you have a resume, you have all th- a combination of all the things you've done in- throughout your life. And a portfolio is similar, except it's about the things that you currently own, okay? So uh, my portfolio right now, uh, you could say it's almost all in total stock market funds um, and some in dividend funds. When you take an inventory of that and you see how the pie is broken down, you can see your portfolio allocation. So let's talk about your portfolio allocation. What does your portfolio allocation mean? Going back to JL Collins, JL Collins says you should invest 100% into stocks. And that is my idea, okay? My idea is to invest 100% into stocks up until the time I retire. That's hopefully the plan. Um, But portfolio allocations is all about risk mitigation. Turns out that if you would have retired in 2008, you uh, would have lost a lot of money. And as the stock market went down 50%, you lost half of your investments. People don't like that idea that when you retire, something like 2008 can happen. COVID wasn't that bad because COVID literally it recovered super quickly. Um, But if, for example, you would have, again, uh, lost money because your investments just went down. And not only did your investments get cut by half, but you were starting to withdraw money from it because you're retired and you need money from it. It's like you're, reti- you're, you're withdrawing at double rate, if that makes sense. So it's really punishing you. Again, because let's say you had a million dollars and uh, the stock market went down to 500,000 and you need to withdraw 40,000. Well, that's like the same thing if you had a million dollars and you withdrew But again, you're not, you lost $40,000 of enjoyment. And not only that, but it's also $40,000 that you took away that could have made, could have recovered, right? And and generally when you retire, you don't want to have all your money in 
stocks. Now, Dave Ramsey thinks you should always be stocks 100% all the time. Um, I think that could be a little irresponsible. I do think if you understand the stock market, you'll be okay 99% of the time if you only withdraw 4% of your portfolio. That's the 4% rule. The rule says that if you withdraw 4% of your portfolio every year, you should technically never run out of money. And this is done. Uh, this is this was done by uh, a professor uh, in Trinity University. It's called the Trinity Study, and he just played different scenarios where he ran the numbers at different spots in time um, and realized that overall in that history, if you were to withdraw 4% of the money. Uh, you could could have still recovered. Um, so technically, you, you can withdraw safely 4%. Uh, if you want to be really safe, 3% and never run out of money if you invest it into stocks. The cool thing with stocks is, again, 4%, funny, uh, because in you know 2019, the stock market went up 30%, right? So if you withdraw 4%, that's barely making a dent in that 30%. Again, the the, the good thing about stocks is that they tend to go up uh, higher than any other investment that are comparable in the return that we're talking about, the yield that we're talking about. A lot of people don't like that idea, though, that having 100% stocks, and I get that. So the idea is, is as you're getting older, you need to fix the pie so that you're not taking as much risk. In doing so, you are lowering your returns, but you're also lowering your risk. So if not stocks, then what? Well, pretty easy. Bonds, okay? Bonds are investments that I really dislike in terms of like building wealth. They can be really good hedges against inflation, but basically it's money that you lend out, to put it in, in the best manner. Uh, you can lend the government money and... <laughs> Uh, God knows they're always they, they they will always take more money. You can lend your city money, right? Uh, in a bond, you can lend corporations money, and uh, all these will yield different returns. Um, but generally speaking, you got a like a three to five percent growth uh, in 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 a bond, maybe six percent if you're lucky. Uh, obviously, stocks uh, again, not counting inflation, they can go eight to eleven percent. Okay, whenever I make my uh, retirement calculations, I always use 9%. S&P has average around 11%, but um, I just want to be safe. I say 9. If I were to put 11, that number would be crazy. Um, but nonetheless, there's usually, historically, although this is not always true, stocks and bonds have had a, an inverse correlation. Okay, When stocks go up, bonds are usually down. And when bonds go up, that usually means it's because the stock market went down. Okay, uh, this happens also because of uh, the interest rates uh, currently given. When money is cheaper to buy, right, like it is right now, uh, people tend to borrow more money. So what should you do? Your plan and your homework really is to find out your risk uh, tolerance. Okay, um, and your risk aversion. Okay, so I am very risk averse, and when it comes to debt, I don't like taking debt. I freak out when there's not a lot of money in the bank account, 
right? I, I, it's kind of weird for me. Like I, I, if I'm not making money in a certain month because, uh, or I'm making less money in my business, I get freaked out. Okay, I'm not, I'm not good with risk in terms of that. I am really good with risk when it comes to investing. I want to invest aggressively into stocks and I want to get money. That is about personality. Okay, when we talk about risk aversion, that is, I am talking more about whether you can't handle it emotionally and it's more about your personality than it is about money or math. Okay, that is one thing. But the second thing you need to figure out is your risk tolerance. And, and they sound similar, but they're actually pretty different. Your tolerance has nothing to do with how you feel. It has to do with how old you are. It literally is just based on your age. Because guess what? If I lost all my money tomorrow, it doesn't matter. Okay, I have uh, 40 years to recover, right? Before I hit retirement age. And again, I'm not talking necessarily like in like a fire uh, manner, like I'm not talking about the fire movement, uh, because again, if I'm going to retire in 15 years, um, then I should not put my money to risky investments as much because again, I'm going to retire in 15 years, but I know that I'm a young person. Okay. This also has to do with your health, with your body, uh, with your mental capacity as you know, you're younger, you can make more money. You can always recoup when you're 65 and you have no money, you're in a tough spot. Okay. Um, so this literally just has to do with age. The idea is that as you get older, you need to mitigate that risk because you can't be 65 um, and still take on all that risk because if you lose your money, right, you're not 24 anymore, you're 65 and uh, you've worked for your money, okay? Uh, it, it, it's even crazy, I think Susie Orman, um, she invests all her money into bonds. She only has a tiny amount into stocks. Uh, but that's because she already won the game, right? <laughs> Let's say you're only getting around 4% when you have $10 million. That's a pretty dumb investment, right? You could be making way more than that, but let's just say you're averaging 4%. Yeah, you're you're still making $400,000 in interest only, right? So that's a fine thing to do. I mean, you're not gonna spend that much money. Maybe you can, uh, but you don't, you'll survive with $400,000 a year, so you don't have to put your money into, stock, into the stock market. It could obviously grow more, but again, there's a lot more risk. So the idea is that some people think that as you hit retirement age, you've already won the game. If you've done things right and invested in the proper investments, by age 65, you will have made it, right? You have hit retirement age, you have money, don't mess up the game. So cut the amount of, of investments in, in, this, in the stock market because the stock market is way more volatile. It's a drama queen, to be honest. Uh, and so put some more money into bonds. So people, generally speaking, the general rule uh, that I disagree with, uh, because I think people should be more aggressive, is uh, take 100 and then subtract your H, and that should be the amount of uh, uh, amount of money you should have into stocks. So, you know, let's say I'm 25, just for easy math, I'm 24, but whatever. Let's just say I'm 25. So I would take 100 minus 25 is 75. So I should only have 75% of my portfolio into stocks and then I should have 25% uh, in bonds. Okay, so I, I do 75, 25. And as I get older, I start adding more bonds, okay? Uh, I rebalance my portfolio, meaning, you know, stocks are usually gonna get bigger. So I do have to invest 
more into bonds or I have to sell some stocks and buy more bonds just to generally keep it in the 75, 25 range, right? So that means when you're 65, you know, you should have 35 in stocks and 65 in bonds. That is a very conservative portfolio. Uh, I My recommendation is something in the likes of if you're in your 20s and up to your 35, you should be 100% stocks, okay? Um, once you hit your, you know, you know, your 40s, you can add 10 to 20% bonds. Uh, once I'm in my 40s, I'm only probably going to do 10% bonds. Once I'm in my 50s, I'll probably do 20% bonds. Uh, and then once I retire, I'm probably going to do 75% stock and 25% bonds. Because here's the thing, the math works in the sense that even if I was 100% stocks, uh, I'll be okay. Again, because I'm, I'm following the 40% rule. So I'll be okay, and my money's gonna keep growing. Um, I still want a little bit more security, and I don't wanna freak out every time the stock market has a hiccup, right? It's one thing when you're you know, my age and the stock market takes a dip and it's like you, lo- you like lose $1,000, you're just like, dang it. Um, it's a whole different thing when you like have millions of dollars and you see the stock market tang and there goes $700,000. It, it's, it's, it's a different game. So think of your uh, risk, okay? Um, figure out what your risk aversion and tolerance is. If you're in you know, 35, maybe buy a little bit of bonds. Uh, you can still probably do all stocks, okay? Maybe if you're ret- retiring early, uh, if you're retiring early, maybe do like 10% bonds or something. But figure out exactly how you feel. And uh, this won't be a reality until you really start investing. You won't know what it feels like to lose or gain money. Uh, you can't really see the stock market until y- you've you know dipped your foot in the water, so to speak. Uh, and so that's why it's important to start investing early to kind of feel it out. And again, my recommendation is stay heavily in stocks. It's gonna be okay. Uh, read The Simple Path to Wealth. And I think J.L. Collins does a better job at explaining this because obviously he has more time, he has a book, uh, and it makes a whole lot more of sense than I do. Lastly, if you don't know exactly what this um, looks like in terms of, you know, your risk uh, or you're having a tough time kind of like wrapping your mind around these, these sorts of investments of bonds and stocks, one thing you can do is just put your money into a target date fund. Okay, these are awesome uh, funds. I don't use them personally uh, because I, I, again, I want to be a little bit more aggressive. But these uh, retirement funds—they're so simple because they're just a fund. Uh, you throw money into it, and the manager is gonna adjust your risk as you get older. So let's say you do a twenty sixty-five um, fund. I don't even know if twenty sixty-five is up. It goes in increments of five. I think the twenty sixty would be the one that is up right now. I don't know if they have a 2065. So you can do Schwab or Vanguard. And um, basically, when you start off, they'll do like 5% bonds. Um, most of it is gonna be stocks, but they also, within the stocks, they pick different, they also pick different stocks that have different types of risk. So you know, if you know anything about stocks, there's your small value, um, small cap value, sorry, mid cap value and large cap value, okay? Uh, I know that sounds like complicated. It basically means how much money the company really is worth. Um, a small cap values companies that are 
have a smaller cap. Large cap values is obviously, that's like your S&P 500 fund. Uh, large cap values are usually good in the sense that they're steady, a little more steady. Small cap value um, funds, you know, because they're smaller companies, they're more risky, but at the same time, you're uh, almost guaranteed that one of those companies is gonna go big. Uh, so as they as they grow, they kind of like bring the value of the fund up. At some point, they'll leave the fund and go and join a different fund. Um, but they'll take that into consideration because basically, if, if the younger you are, you can probably invest into more risky companies, aka small cap. They also invest into REITs, which I don't invest in, but REITs are basically real estate holdings, uh, companies that have real estate in specific markets. You know, you can have... The worst one you can invest in right now is a commercial REIT, right? Commercial real estate. Uh, that is gonna go poo-poo. Um, but you know, if you have residential uh, REITs, uh, that, that's not a bad idea. Um, but obviously you don't wanna invest into offices, and office spaces or malls right now. That's that anything that's retail, that's probably a terrible investment. But they'll take REITs, uh, they'll take bonds, um, different types of bonds, government bonds, corporate bonds, They'll just mash it up and uh, and give you a nice steady ride. It's a little bit less volatile, but then at the end of the day, when you get to 65, you're not gonna have as much money as me. Haha. <laughs> so do what I tell you. Nah, just kidding. Don't do what I tell you. I'm not a financial advisor. Uh, but if if you if, if you do want to take a little bit of advice, and this is what I'll end with, is be really careful with financial advisors. I'm not saying that I hate them or anything. I personally know some, and they're amazing people personally. Um, but again, these people are picking funds or picking mutual funds, which are their funds like index funds, except that they're switching, they're buying and selling all the time. So it's really, it's really volatile and, uh, they don't have as good returns as index funds. And not only do you have to, um, not only do they have to pick the right fund, you also have to pick the right manager. So just like I mentioned that buying, or stock picking, right, is is generally not a good idea. Um, you know, Dave Ramsey recommends you go with a financial advisor. Well, you also have to pick the right financial advisor. Uh, so any anytime you're picking things and you're just like, you know, trying to be smart about things, um, that's that's usually when you lose money. Uh, and not even the best advisors and the best firms and the best. Um, hedge funds can really make as much money as an S&P 500 over the long term. I think it's only like 1% of mutual funds have beat the S&P 500. So, you, it, you know, it's like lotto picking, you know, we're doing investing to make money, not to get lucky. Okay. And so uh, pick a broad-based index fund. Uh, you don't need a financial advisor until you're older. Maybe when things get complicated and you got millions of dollars and you got kids and you need to leave a trust fund and uh, you also need to mitigate your risk, not just in the, in, in the, in the sense of your investments, but also because of liabilities, right? You, once you have money, people will look at you, try to sue you more, all those things. Maybe when it gets that complicated, do go to a financial advisor, one that will charge you a, a, the right amount of money. Uh, but other than that, they, um, they're as good as us in the sense that I could hire monkeys to throw darts uh, at a dartboard full of stocks and um, the monkeys will probably pick stocks better than these financial analysts could. I'm not even joking, okay? Um, 
then I guess I'll really end with this. The story goes that there were monkeys who were giving dartboards to throw at a, at a board just to pick random stocks. They just had random stocks on the board. The monkeys just threw darts at it. And um, th not only did they overperform financial advisors, but they also overperformed the, the S&P 500, which is pretty crazy. But not only that, but uh, there was a $1 million bet that Warren Buffett made where he said that um, he bet to some big financial analysts and Warren Buffett said, if you guys can beat S&P 500 for a period of time, I will give you a million dollars. And uh, they lost. <laughs> they lost. The S&P 500 overperformed the financial analysts that have um, really fancy degrees from Ivy League schools. And that just goes to show you that monkeys can't pick stocks better than financial analysts. And so um, you just want to be a monkey. You just want to be kind of humble, a little ignorant, just enough to say, I'm just going to go with the general market here and, uh, and ride the wave. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and uh, catch you next time.